I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. It's great to be with you. If, if you missed that last segment with Basil Smeekel uh, from Columbia, uh, he is just a, a great thinker. He and I disagree on a host of things in terms of what the public policy ought to be. Uh, but we can agree on so many things. And uh, I always love uh, when he and I ended up being uh, paired uh, whether it was on MSNBC or Fox News, we were on Bloomberg last week together. And I think a lot of times the producers put us together because they think we're going to yell and scream at each other uh, from opposite ends of the philosophical spectrum. Uh, but we often end up showing uh, both the producer and the very surprised host sometimes uh, that there's so much that we actually agree on. And getting to principle is the thing that actually matters most. And so uh, if you miss that at all, uh, make sure you can... Uh, Go back and pick up the podcast today, and you can also make sure that you've got that with you everywhere. Download the KSL News Radio app from our friends at Any Hour Services. A great way to make sure you don't miss any of the action. We'll also have that podcast posted uh, coming up here shortly. And a great way to go back and just kind of review. So as we close out today, we've uh, we've talked about Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, in her own words. We did that in the first segment today, and there's a few things I want to go back to, I think, that are important. Uh, just in that conversation with Basil Smeekle from Columbia, it, uh, it just reminded me how important it is that we learn to talk across our differences. And, and so when you, when you look at Ruth Bader Ginsburg and her life, her legacy, uh, those are things that are going to take a lot more than just a, a special film. Uh, we've, there's already two movies out there on her. Uh, she is the most recognizable of any of the nine Supreme Court justices. And so that was an interesting space that she occupied. She was a leader in so many different ways. And whether you agreed with her rulings, with her philosophy of jurisprudence or uh, any of those things, no one can deny that she was incredibly talented discipline. She was a fighter. She beat uh, cancer four times. Uh, and she was a, a pioneer woman for our time. Uh, and especially in this time, in these trying times in the United States, uh, we shouldn't miss her greatest guiding principle, friendship. Friendship is more important than transactional partisanship. And I think that's so interesting to, to think through. Uh, it is her relationships, not her court opinions, uh, that the nation ought to remember the most. And I say that because right now we have so much hate, we have so much contempt going around the country. It drives far too many conversations online and in the public square. Uh, but Justice Ginsburg proved that friendship, friendship is actually part of the fabric that has for more than 233 years bound up and healed this nation over and over and over again. It's unique friendships. It's unexpected friendships that often carries the, the nation through really hard times. 
Uh, and while, you know, we've had some good fun talking about uh, this almost cult-like following of RGB, I mean, she became a cartoon character. She has to be the first Supreme Court Justice of the United States to be a, a cartoon character, to be uh, in more memes than uh, anybody I can think of. She's the, all, in all kinds of self-help mantras, and all of that is great, and all of that is good. Uh, but the one thing that I think many people are baffled by is this relationship she had with Justice Antonin Scalia before he passed away. Uh, she was his self-proclaimed buddy. Think about that. Uh, they were shopping buddies. They were travel buddies. Their families uh, did holidays uh, and events together, and yet they were ideologically on polar opposite ends of the spectrum. So how is that possible? I know that frustrated a lot of uh Ruth Bader Ginsburg's supporters and those that were fans of of her, uh, you know, how could how could you even be in the same courtroom as that guy? How could you be shopping buddies with Scalia of all people? They'd say, uh, but Ginsburg believed, and she showed it by the way she lived, that contempt is not compatible with the Supreme Court of the United States, nor should it be for any of us as citizens. Now, I want to go back for just a minute uh, to something we played earlier in the program. This was part of her tribute, her eulogy to Judge Scalia after he passed away. And I think it's so instructive in terms of where we are as a nation and where we need to go in the days, in the weeks, the months, and the years ahead. We once asked how we could be friends given our disagreement on lots of things. Justice Scalia answered, I attack ideas. I don't attack people. Some very good people have some very bad ideas. <laughs> and if you can't separate the two, you've got to get another day job. You don't want to be a judge, at least not a judge, on a multi-member panel. How blessed I was to have a working colleague and dear friend of such captivating brilliance, high spirits, and quick wit. In the words of a duet for Tennis Scalia and Soprano Ginsburg, we were different, yes, in our interpretation of written text, yet one in our reverence for the court and its place in the U.S. system of governance. So I want you to think about that, that they could be completely divided in interpreting written texts and be absolutely united in their reverence for the court and its place in the United States system of government. Uh, she often talked about how uh, she loved that Scalia disagreed with her in a different way. Uh, she even shared one example of uh, Justice Scalia giving her his dissent ahead of time just so she'd be ready, didn't want to surprise her. And uh, I think things like that uh, show us how we can actually move forward. And, you know, sadly, over the next couple of days, while we should be focusing on her legacy, there's going to be a lot of chatter and a lot of clamor about all the politics of replacements. Some are going to de demonize her past positions. Others are going to project some catastrophic failure of the country, depending on who gets to name her successor. And all of that is just nonsense. Uh, we should reject it. It's beneath the dig dignity of the very nation that Ginsburg served and shaped and lifted in so many ways. 
And instead, we the people should honor Ruth Bader Ginsburg by doing something different. And here's the challenge for all of you in the days ahead. Take time in the next several days to reach out to someone with whom you have had a significant disagreement and listen different, engage different, elevate the conversation, begin by listening, seek to understand, and then we can start building some bridges. We can start establishing some relationships of trust. And who knows, uh, maybe you'll even make a friend out of it. Or who knows, even a shopping buddy may emerge. And just imagine, just imagine if every American did that. Remember, it's not about disagreeing less. It's about disagreeing better. It's about really coming together. And to me, that is the legacy of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That's the closing argument on a life very well lived. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us today on Inside Sources. And as always, as you go out into the world, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.